recording of this sermon was interrupted two-thirds of the way through by a power cut. Even so, it's well worth listening to. There are three short readings from John. Uh, The first is John 3, verses 1 to 8. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The second reading is from John 4, verses 4 to 10. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The final reading is from John 14, verses 1 to 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Father, we thank you that you speak to us, that you speak to our hearts and minds as well as to our ears. And we pray that you would speak to us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. This term, we are listening to God and we're spending time thinking about what he is saying to us 
in terms of our future direction as a church. We've had three sermons specifically on aspects of church life. And for the rest of this term, we're going to turn to the example of Jesus, to look at different aspects of the way Jesus lived his life and some of his teaching, and to try and see from that what God might be saying to us about how he wants us to be as a church. And I wanted to start with this idea of of listening, because we are a church of people. We're made up of individuals who come together to form the body of Christ. And as such, we, we have a care for each other. We have a care for those outside the church as well as inside the church. And part of that care, part of that pastoral care, is listening to one another. How do we do that? And how easy is that? We've already, I mean, a very simple example of how a, a chain can break on Chinese whispers. But we don't always listen fully to one another. We don't always listen fully to God. So how does Jesus listen? We've got three short stories that reveal something about the way in which Jesus listened. And I want us to take three lessons away from that. So three different ways in which Jesus listened. He listens to the individual, he listens to the whole story, and he listens with compassion. So firstly, Jesus listens to the individual. And we've got the story of the woman at the well. That's the one in John 4, and we picked out verses 4 to 10. This is the Samaritan woman, who isn't used to being listened to. Normally in that culture, a whole crowd of women would come together, either early in the morning or in the cool of the evening. They'd come as a crowd, come together to to do that daily task of collecting water, something that they all had to do. And you can imagine them coming, the hustle and the bustle of all this crowd of women coming together, sharing stories, talking about what's happening at home, talking about what the neighbours are up to, talking about their children. That sense of buzz and involvement and connection with each other. But here, this woman comes on her own. And she comes at the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day. So something's wrong. She's been ostracized in some way by the rest, or she feels uncomfortable and doesn't want to come with the rest. Whatever the story behind that, we see her alone, coming at an unusual time. And one can imagine that she's not used to being listened to. She hasn't got that crowd of women around her to share the passing of the day, the stories, all that's going on in her life. She's missing that. And she comes and she's collecting water. And Jesus is sitting at the well and he asks her for a drink of water. And this is remarkable for this woman. It's really hard for us to understand how remarkable this was. Firstly, we're quite used to men speaking to women. Secondly, we can't fully understand the religious division that existed between the Jews and the Samaritans. And thirdly, it's hard for us to understand this concept of being clean or unclean. But this was radical for this woman. This is something really unusual that is happening. She's asked by Jesus for a drink of water. She can see that Jesus is a Jew by the way he's dressed. She knows that he is a Jew talking to her, a Samaritan, a man talking to a woman, alone, with no other people around, things that just did not happen. And he asks for a drink of water, and he hasn't got a vessel with him. 
which means that not only is he asking for a drink of water, he's asking to use her cup. And that was unclean for a Jewish person. So Jesus is breaking all the rules and engaging with her in conversation. So she's overwhelmed. She's amazed. She's surprised. This isn't what happens in everyday life, particularly for this woman, apart from the crowd, apart from the people. And so she responds with a question. And Jesus listens to her question, but doesn't answer it. As so often happens throughout Scripture, somebody asks a question, and Jesus doesn't answer it in the way that the person is expecting. He talks to her about living water. Living water that he could offer her. And so the conversation carries on. The woman speaking at a mundane level, And Jesus responding in symbolic and spiritual ways. What comes over is that he knows her. He knows her as the individual she is, despite what's gone on in her life. Despite the fact that she has had several men and the man that she's living with at the moment isn't her husband. He sees beyond all of that. The stuff that everybody else is causing a problem with. He sees beyond her situation And sees her as the individual that she is, with the pain and the loss in her life. And speaks straight into that. He can see that those surface questions are actually saying something about something much deeper. And he cares for her as an individual, spends time with her, and speaks to what's going on in her life individually. And we know that he's speaking directly because there's nobody else around. This isn't a teaching situation where he's, he's giving a message for a crowd. He's speaking truths into her individual life. And it's words that this woman needs to hear. He listens to all her questions. He knows the meaning behind them. And he speaks directly to her. And she's changed. She responds to all of that. She has been seen as the woman she is. She's been cared for and addressed to her personally. And she wants to know more. She wants to know of this living water that Jesus is offering her. And she goes back to her village and she's got a testimony to tell. And she says, come and find this man who knows everything about me. She knows that Jesus knows her, knows everything about her. She is known as the unique individual that she is. By Jesus. We need to know, we need to listen to people as individuals, not to assume that we're all the same, but to take time to get to know someone on an individual basis. Jesus listens to the whole story. And for that, I want us to look very briefly at the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who is um, a Pharisee, he's an expert in the law. He is responsible for teaching the truths of scripture. And so he's revered, and he's studied hard, and he knows his task well. And yet he's been listening to Jesus. He's been listening to Jesus' teaching. And there's something that puzzles him. There's something about what Jesus is saying that is challenging all that he has understood for all of his working life, probably all of his life since he was a child. Because Jesus' 
teaching the truth, but in a different way. He's bringing a different slant onto all the truths that Nicodemus has known. And he comes to speak to Jesus. We can, we can guess that he's puzzled by the fact he wants to come and see Jesus. He wants to talk to him. He's not writing Jesus off, but he comes at dark. He comes alone. So he's obviously nervous about this. If the other Pharisees knew what he was doing, what would that mean? But he's puzzled enough to take this step, to come and to, to meet with Jesus and to ask him about some of the things. And he acknowledges, firstly, the miraculous signs that Jesus has been performing. And he acknowledges that this power must have come from God. He says, we've seen what you've been doing. I have seen what you've done, Jesus. And I know that these miracles can only come from God. So that's my starting point. I've seen something. And I recognize God in it. But it doesn't make sense because what you are saying is puzzling and confusing. And Jesus responds again at a far deeper level than Nicodemus has presented. I guess what Nicodemus has said deep down is, I'm puzzled. There's something confusing me. You're challenging all that I understand. He doesn't say that, but that's the the truth behind it. And, And Jesus looks at the whole picture, the whole story, and responds at this deeper level. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And with that statement, Jesus is speaking straight to the heart of all of Nicodemus's questions. Nicodemus is that devout Jew. He's been teaching the rules all his working life, and he knows that being born a Jew is the key to acceptance by God. And yet Jesus is saying something different. He's saying that birthright in itself is not enough. Being born a Jew is no longer the way into acceptance by God. Everybody must have spiritual birth. Jews and Gentiles alike. This is earth-shattering for Nicodemus. All that he has known, all that he has understood, thrown up in this deep statement that Jesus says. So not only is a relationship with God limited to the Jews... But even the Jews must have this sense of spiritual birth. It's not enough just to be born a Jew. You need to have this spiritual acceptance and understanding and relationship with Jesus in order to know God. And that is really hard for Nicodemus. He thinks he's got everything sorted. And Jesus says that he needs to allow the Spirit to come into his life and to disturb all that he has